The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's up, fellas? Welcome back to Combos Over Cold Brew with me, your host, Emma Abrahamson. Today we're talking to Courtney Frerichs, who's one of my good friends on the Bowerman Track Club. She is a 3K steepler. You guys are probably already familiar with her, I'm sure. She runs nine flat in the 3K steeple, which is the American record. She's a 2016 Rio Olympian. And on the day that this is going live, she is going to be running in the finals of the Olympic trials in 3K steeple. So she is vying to become a two-time Olympian right now. So... In today's episode, we talk about her start in sport, which was from gymnastics and how that kind of translated into her becoming a steeplechaser, her progression over time, which was a really impressive five years from basically a beginner runner to an Olympian, which is kind of unheard of. So this episode was really insightful. And if you're listening on Thursday morning, root for Courtney in the 3K steeple trials this afternoon, the tonight or whatever it is, and beyond for the rest of the season, rest of the year, whatever it may be. So stay tuned. If you guys love the podcast and you listen to it every single week, maybe you've already recommended it to friends, family, whoever, your favorite fellas. Don't forget to rate and review on Apple Podcasts. I literally say it in every episode, but you guys don't understand how much it means to me when I get to read your guys' reviews and how you like the episodes. And also it helps establish credibility. So I'm able to get more high profile guests on because they see that you guys like it and there's like enough reviews. That means that they're going to want to come on and talk to you guys, answer your listener questions. It takes 15 seconds max. I promise you just on Apple podcast rating and reviewing. If you've already done it, it means a lot to me. And thank you for spreading the word or just listening in general. Of course, you know, I appreciate it and I love doing this. So yeah. Today's episode is brought to you by none other than Crazed Foods. Crazed Foods is something that I've been working on for, I would say, about a year now. And I'm sure you guys have already heard me talking about it on my Instagram, my YouTube, this podcast. And you'll probably hear me talking about it more because it's something I've been working really hard on. So over the past few months, we've launched the original peanut butter coffee Crazed Foods bar, which is made with whey protein. We have a plant-based version made with pea protein. We also have an iced coffee protein. So that's whey protein with real coffee in it. All of them are made with simple ingredients and they have caffeine in them. Honestly, I use them both before workouts and after workouts because they have a good amount of protein, but then they also have that caffeine, which gives you that boost, especially in the afternoons. I am not exaggerating when I say I eat a bar every single day. And I also use the protein basically every single day. It's so cool to be able to make a product that I genuinely love and is so useful for me on a daily basis. And it's really awesome to be able to make a product that I know you guys have loved. And I know that you use them to fuel your workouts. And someone DM me the other day and told me that they ran a PR in the 3200 after eating one of my Crazed Foods bars. And that is honestly all I can ask for in a product. I'll read a quick review from Kristen on Amazon. She says, this bar actually tastes like what you would want a peanut butter coffee protein bar to taste like. You get that real peanut butter taste, a nice coffee flavor to it, awesome balance of the two flavors. The texture is great, no gross or bitter aftertaste. This bar has real natural ingredients. I'm so picky about protein bars and these are hands down the best tasting ones out there. Definitely worth the money. So... All three products are back in stock now on Amazon and you can pick up a box for yourself in the link attached to this episode or just going to amazon.com slash crazed foods and hopefully you like them as much as Kristen does. Now let's get straight into the episode.
right, Courtney, I'm so excited to have you on. Honestly, it's like a long time coming. I just have a list of Bowerman people that I have, I've gone through and you're next. So yes, <laughs> I, I felt like I had to spread it out a little bit, you know? Yeah. Um, well, but thank you so here. much. For, yeah. Thank you so much for coming on to get started. Do you want to just give us a little bit of a rundown of who you are and what you're about? Yeah. Um, yeah. So my name is Courtney Fricks and I am a member of the Nike Bowerman Track Club. Um, I signed with the team almost five years ago now, just that uh, anniversary is coming up, I think next week, kind of crazy. So, um, and I focus on the steeplechase. So obviously the best event on track, but <laughs> <laughs> you might be biased there. <laughs> a little biased there. Um, well, you're also, you're the American record holder, right? In the 3K steeple? I am. Yeah. So yeah, 2018 set the American record in Monaco, um, ran nine flats. So still going after that nine minute barrier. I think, I think we're going to get it soon. So obviously a couple of us kind of eyeing that and it's, I think it's going to go down soon, which is exciting. Yeah. Nine flat. Sheesh. <laughs> so fast. I feel like oh, breaking okay. 10 is really good, but I can't even imagine running nine flat. Wow. Oh, thank you. Um, okay. Well, we're recording this Thursday before you guys hear this. So week before you guys hear this. So Courtney hasn't raced at the trials yet, but your first, your first round is on Sunday. So this past yes. Sunday, you already ran the prelims and then the finals are going on the day that this episode goes live. So they're coming in hot. How are you feeling going into the 20 is it 2020 or 2021 I don't even know what they call it anymore I think they're I think they're calling it 2020 still like even though that messed you know, up my yeah. that messed up my head <laughs> it does yeah messed my head too a little bit but um honestly I feel I feel great um I as disappointing as last year was with just you know the like the postponement and just how close we were um I think I really use it to my advantage as an athlete I worked on a lot of my weaknesses um, physically and mentally, um, you know, really grew a lot as an athlete. You know, I progressed my flat times a lot, broke 15 in the 5k. And then, um, I've just really kind of taken the long approach, I think, in getting ready for the summer. I didn't really do a whole lot in the winter. I was, um, had a little bit of a nagging hamstring thing going that didn't keep me from running, but we wanted to make sure it didn't turn into something serious. So we really kind of focused on having a really strong base. And I think that's really paid off. I'm yeah, I'm just so excited about where I'm at and excited to get to the trials and, and put it all out there. Yeah. You said that you worked on strengths and weaknesses, which, what would you say are your strengths and then what weaknesses do you work on? Um, I mean, I think specifically as a steeplechaser, my, my hurdling is one of my major strengths. I think, um, I've always, really paid attention to form and, and use that to my advantage. I think I'm a strength-based runner as well. Um, having been, you know, kind of more 5k cross country focused in addition to the steeple in college. And so, um, that meant I did very, very, very little speed work. And so coming into Jerry's program, it was quickly very obvious how far behind my speed development was. And so honestly, that's, while, you know, we've been focusing on that since the beginning of my time in the group, it's still been, um, a focus. And then just in addition, you know, my flat running in general, um, you know, I, my college coach and I really just dove into me becoming the best steeplechaser I could be in college, but that oftentimes it meant, you know, not probably fully developing myself as an all around runner. And so, um, for the last few years, I've definitely lacked some of the flat PRs that I think I was capable of running for how fast I'd run in the steeple. Um, and so it was fun last summer to get the opportunity to really tackle that. And um, breaking 15 had been a goal of mine for a while, and I really felt I was capable of it. So, um, yeah, accomplishing that last summer and just really being all in on that goal was 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 really fun and gave me a lot of confidence that, you know, I've done what I have because um, I belong at this level as, as a runner. Yeah. I mean, I think everyone knows that now after your Aww. performances since going pro, how did you know when you like that you were a steeple chaser? What were the qualities that you had and when did you start steepling? Um, I started steepling my freshman year of college. 
you know, it was one of those events in high school I remember seeing, but hadn't in Missouri, we don't have the steeplechase. And I also was just so not focused on track growing up because I was doing gymnastics and playing soccer and all these things. And so um, I'd really fallen in love with cross country, but hadn't really found my thing in track. And I went to college and I saw, I don't remember, I saw a steeple barrier or something got mentioned. It was like October of my freshman year. And I was like, oh yeah, that event actually looks really fun. And my college coach immediately was like, well, I'm glad you think that because that's what you're going to do. And that's like, it, that's like the quality that you need to be a student. You need to, <laughs> yeah. it needs to look fun or you need to enjoy yeah. doing it because yeah. if you're forced to do it, it's most <laughs> exactly. likely not going to stick. Right. And so it was one of those things like from the very beginning, I think, you know, I was just so fortunate to have coach Butler as a college coach and just, he really instilled the belief in me that I was doing this event because I could be really good at it. Not because I couldn't be good at other things. And it was, it was exciting to me because there were a lot of qualities from gymnastics that became really important in my development as a steeplechaser. And, and, you know, I've talked a lot about before, but gymnastics was so much in my identity. I did this, I was in the sport for 15 years, um, longer than I've been that, actually. Wow. Yeah. I started gymnastics when I was three years old. Um, I started com- like train team training when I was seven. So, I mean, we're talking, I, have been doing, I had been doing gymnastics longer than I've actually been running. Um, wow. And so, <laughs> Wait, so then why did you go to college for running and not for gymnastics? Um, I mean, a, just the reality of the opportunities. Um, you know, there's very few opportunities to go, um, do gymnastics in college. And I, my body just wasn't really handling the sport anymore that well. I'd had a lot of injuries. And so they're just, really all through high school, I really lacked consistency in training. And so, um, going into my senior year, I kind of decided to shift to focusing more on soccer and had been speaking with a few coaches and decided to go out for the cross country team. Mostly I'd kind of always been intrigued by cross country, but it really conflicted with getting ready for the gymnastics season and, um, thought it would be a great opportunity to, if anything, get in better shape for soccer. And, that was the piece of running that I think I had been missing all along was, was cross country, the team element, like that's what made me fall in love with it. And so, um, I quickly realized how many more opportunities there could be out there with running. And then I also just had a really disappointing state meet. Um, believe it or not in high school, I was like a very reckless racer, very, uh, much <laughs> unlike my personality now as a racer. Um, like I was the one taking ra- like races out super hard and Whoa, um, okay. I know it's, it's not, it's not, it's kind of shocking. Um, but it was actually to the point that in two of the postseason races, I ran so hard, I collapsed like going into the last straightaway and that happened at the state meet. Um, so I was in, I think I was in the top 10 going into the last like 200 meters, like the three mile mark. and collapsed and crawled my way to the finish and I think I ended up 54th um oh that is (laughs) painful yeah I think it took me like over a minute to do the last like like or like almost two minutes to like do the last 200 meters it was it was pretty rough um I think coming so close to like really accomplishing a big goal of mine in high school to finish all state and something really left me feeling like I had some unfinished business And so that was when I really decided I wanted to see what I could do with running and committed to running in college at that point. So yeah, I was definitely a late, late comer to the game. So which, Uh, which sport is harder gymnastics or running? Oh man. I mean, they're both like, I would say hard in their own ways. And a lot of it is because of the mental aspect on both sides of it. Um, you know, I think with gymnastics for how young I was, the things I was asking my body to do is probably pretty insane. But um, yeah, I think they're both like, I, I think from a mental aspect, pretty mentally challenging. Yeah. So. A, a few, I think it was a few months ago now I had, do you know who Samantha Peshik is? She was, uh, yes. yeah, she was on the podcast and she was like Amazing. talking about oh my it. Gosh. Yeah. yeah. It was crazy just to hear. I mean, I don't know anything about gymnastics, so it's just, 
yeah and the way people like peak when you're so young I can only imagine like first of all the physical challenges (laughs) you probably have to go through like going through puberty and being a gymnast and then also just the mental aspect of like training for so many hours a day yeah it probably set you up for success mentally though because then you were probably very mentally tough going into the running aspect of it already yeah I think I was able to transition a lot of that over to running and just because like I mean obviously I was not I was not an elite gymnast. Like I was just trying to make it the college level, um, you know, get an opportunity in that area, but you have to commit at such a young age to, to even that type of plan. And so you really, you develop a lot of skills as an athlete that I think, um, really helped me to be able to transition into running really quickly at a high level. Cause you know, I knew what it meant to, you know, like learn who your competition was or, you know, buy in. And, and I think too, like I learned to appreciate taking care of my body a lot better. And I was given a second chance because I didn't always do that as a gymnast. I don't think I pushed through a lot of injuries that I probably shouldn't have. And, um, (laughs) why do you think it was like that? Um, I mean, I think unfortunately there's, a culture of that and I think you're seeing it change a lot just like you are in a lot of sports um and I think I just had this extreme fear of like of missing like I couldn't miss practice you know like I had to just keep pushing and pushing and pushing and um you know I I broke my hand when I was 10 years old and I convinced my mom it wasn't broken for a week because I was afraid of missing practice Um, so, you know, it's just stuff like, it's stuff like that. Like, and so I think having experienced that at a really young age helped me a lot in running to just appreciate the fact that I was essentially being given a second chance. Um, because I, I don't know where my, where my life and career would have gone as a gymnast, maybe if I would have made some smarter decisions during my time in that sport. But, um, I do know if I would have, if I would have done that, in running, I don't think I would have gotten to this level. And so I think I do have a little bit of a greater appreciation for it. Yeah. Well, I kind of cut you off earlier (laughs) talking about how gymnastics helps you steeple. Yeah. Do you want to explain that? Yeah. You know, I think, you know, one of the things with the steeple chase is like, you just, you can't be afraid of the event. Um, because hesitancy is where you see, um, error happen. (laughs) <laughs> and that last you were I tweeted something like two weeks ago. I, I watching, was dying. I was like, I, 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 like, I genuinely am wincing I, I, at the screen looking at that last hurdle and the last water jump. Like I winced so hard every time. I like can't watch almost. It's like a horror movie because yeah. someone always falls. Without fail, someone always I falls. I know. And it's it's happened the last few years, especially. And I, I still feel that way too, like watching the event. Cause I like I know what it's like being in their shoes going into that last bit. And you're just like, come on, just get over, just get over. So, um, but yeah, I mean, hesitancy is often what leads to, you know, error disaster in the event. And so, and that's the same thing with, with uh, gymnastics. I mean, you have to have really intentional, like power and aggressiveness into certain things. And you have to have spatial awareness. You have to be just fully aware of what your body's doing. And that stuff came so naturally in hurdling because I'd been doing it for 15 years. And it was, you know, I learned, I started steepling basically immediately after I stopped doing gymnastics. So I still had all those skills. So they were easily translatable. Um, And then just, you know, the reality, you know, the fact I'd been doing, um, and it, like, you know, a sport that required a lot of lower leg strength from tumbling and vaulting and just taking landings and then, um, and it, you know, flexibility that you don't often see in distance runners. And so, um, yeah, it was, it was yeah, super fun. Mobility, to you probably yeah. strong and <laughs> strong and flexible hips. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I actually probably had too much flexibility at first. And so, um, you know, definitely had to stop stretching. <laughs> yeah. I had to learn to be like appropriately flexible. I suppose if that's a thing. Cause you know, I mean, it definitely is Yeah. And running, running is one directional to us to a degree. And so, but you know, it was just, it, it helped me transition into track so easily too, because 
losing that identity as a gymnast was really hard because it had been something I was doing for so long. And I think a lot of people can relate to that in whatever sport they're doing. And so to feel like those skills were now useful in this new door I was going through really helped with the transition. So right off the bat, were you really good as a steepler then? I think in terms of where I was in the sport, yes. Um, I qualified for regionals my freshman year, which was a really big accomplishment. I mean, coming in, I was a, you know, an 1830 5k runner with a 224, 800 meter PR on the track and no other times. So to just even make regionals seemed so exciting and, um, and to have that experience right away under my belt was really great. And then actually made the world junior team, um, in 2012. And that was life-changing for me, like to be on a team with all these girls that, you know, had a lot more experience than me. Um, really, I think changed the direct trajectory of my career. Um, you know, I was teammates with one of your teammates from college, Brianna Nared. Oh my gosh. Um, Bri- yeah. Yeah. And it was so great. Like we had, we just had the best time. I was roommates with Ashling Puff and I mean, bless her. Like I had to, I mean, I had to have asked her a hundred questions by the end of that trip because I was just, you know, I was so new to it and I was just so curious, you know, like, why are you doing this right now? Why are you doing that right now? Like, what's your choice of meal before you run? Like what's, you know, so many things. Cause I was just, you know, so wide, wide eyed and like taking it all in. And it was, it was actually at that meet that, you know, it lined up with the 2012 Olympics that my coach told me that he wanted my goal to be to get to the starting line of the Olympic trials in 2016. And, you know, at the time I was running 1030 and probably had, you know, not necessarily any business thinking that was a possibility, but, you know, hearing the word Olympics to somebody who grew up in an Olympic sport really resonates and it really sparked a fire and it, 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 it just changed things for me. It, it made me really believe and want to see how good I could actually get in the sport. Yeah. And I feel like having a coach that believes in you and wants to take you to that level, I feel like it's so important it's, too, especially someone is. like you, who's like new to the sport, who doesn't know anything that is, and it's kind of like the ignorance is bliss type of thing where you mm-hmm. like, don't, you're not overthinking it. And if your coach who you trust wholeheartedly is like, I'm going to get you to the Olympic trials in 2016, you're going to be like, yeah, okay, yeah. let's do it. Exactly. Whatever. I mean, there was so much beauty, I guess, in how naive I was. And then also just how fortunate I was to, to have a coach like Coach Butler, who just fully believed in me. And he wanted to guide me along the way, you know, and, and he was willing to take the long approach. You know, like I, we started things very basic, you know, it was 30 to 35 miles a week, eight mile long run, things like that, that you know, I probably wouldn't have necessarily had the opportunity to do in other programs just because of, you know, the nature of either how big the team is or how good the team is, you know. And so um, that opportunity with Coach Butler at UMKC was exactly what I needed. Yeah. Um, I just, I, I that is so just different than my perspective on running, <laughs> like going into college and just not knowing like that much and just being so new to the sport. It's just such a different experience, but I think you said it wonderfully there where every program is going to be different. And like, in your case, having that developmental long-term approach was so important. And like you said, maybe if you went to a different bigger name school or whatever, um, people aren't as gentle with you through the process. And a lot of the time you're just going to get thrown into what other people are doing because that's what's worked for them. But since you're so new, it's like you needed that 30 mile a week, you know, starting point or whatever. So Yeah. And I think that just shows the importance of, you know, figuring out what fits for you when looking at schools and it's not going to be the same answer for everyone. And that's where, you know, I even got, I consider myself to be so lucky that I had two college families because I had what I needed at each point in my career that was necessary. Cause by the time I went to New Mexico, I was ready for that. And I did need that at, at that point in my career. Yeah. So why, why New Mexico? So going in, I had originally planned to stay at UMKC for my fifth year. Um, Just things were going so well. Um, You know, I wanted to see out the end with my college coach. And then he actually took a job at New Mexico coaching under Joe Franklin. Um, And so, um, you know, going into that fifth year, I had contemplated taking my fifth year somewhere else because I had finished my degree. And, you know, there was, I loved the team at UMKC and I'm still close with a lot of the girls and it was really such a great place for me at the time but there was a 
you know, a part of me that wondered what it could be if I was training in a program where I was being pushed and, um, you know, maybe could go with a team to nationals and stuff. But I, yeah, like I said, I just really wanted to see the end with coach Butler. And then he took the job at UNM. And so it kind of made me realize I needed to, to rethink, you know, the, the fifth year. And so I spoke with a couple different schools and it was a very kind of hectic, chaotic process because it happened so last minute. Um, it didn't happen until July okay. uh, going into my fifth year. So, you know, you think one thing's going to happen and then all of a sudden here I am applying to grad school and, and trying to, you know, move much further away from home than I had been, you know, I'd been going to school three hours from home and, you know, it was, it was a really, it was a hard, it was a hard situation because there were just a lot of pieces that had to fall in place for it to all happen. And, you know, I'm, I'm a control person and there was a lot out of my control and I just had to believe whatever was supposed to happen was going to happen. And, and thankfully it all worked out. And, you know, I had a few conversations with Joe and, you know, really felt like it was going to be the right place for me because I, I could tell he wanted all the goals I had, you know, we wanted to see how good that team could be. And to accomplish a lot of things in cross country but then you know when it came to the track he what he wanted to see how good I could be in the NCAA and to make the Olympic team and so it was really neat to be able to see him buy into all those goals and that I had and um I'd been to Albuquerque a few times prior to that and so I knew I felt like I could transition in really well um and then obviously having you know coach Beller there was just you know the best part of it, you know, any, you know, going into a new program where I wasn't, I wasn't going to know anybody was going to be scary enough, but to, to have a coach that knew me as part of that, I mean, I couldn't pass up the opportunity and, and, oh my gosh, you know, I got there and, you know, thankfully I knew a couple of the, a couple of the guys on the team because of um, our men's team at UMKC trained in Albuquerque during the summer most years. So I had gone there and it's, and it was because, so my, my coach, Coach Butler was from Albuquerque. Okay. And so he had kind of been like, Hey, if you guys are looking for somewhere cool to train, you should go train here. There's good running. Uh, you know, I can kind of like show you around and stuff like that. And so I knew people, you were the guys, but the girls, they really welcomed me in for how like last minute it was. And just, <laughs> it was, I didn't know what a national championship team was going to look like, but I didn't expect, I, I guess I just didn't expect how much fun it was going to be. That's what I remember how much fun it was. Like, it was, you know, we took things seriously, but we, we enjoyed the whole process of it. And um, I think that was the best part of it. It wasn't this like make or break type situation. It was just like, hey, like, let's go enjoy this together. Yeah. What were the main differences between the two schools, would you say? I guess like training wise um, and just, I guess, lifestyle wise. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I guess. At UMKC, like I, there was a reality that I was doing like 95% of my training solo. Um, and, and that was challenging, you know, my fifth or my, my last year there, one of the guys that had just graduated, came back to do some training with me and that helped a lot. Um, but, you know, I think there was a reality that, you know, the conference me, I was supposed to show up when my two events, and then I was just focused on my postseason stuff. And, and I want like, you know, we accomplished winning te uh, the team title at conference. And that was such a, a highlight of my time there. And I was so thankful that I could contribute to that and, and help to grow the program. But, um, you know, I think I really had developed this mindset that I was as good as I was because I was focused on myself and had kind of gotten away almost from what drew me to running in the first place. And that was that, that team in cross country. And so going to New Mexico and kind of really diving back into that again, really changed it for me for the better. And I mean, that was how I really knew the Bowerman Track Club was the right fit for me. Um, and so I think that was, you know, definitely one of the, the, the big differences. And, and really, like, like I said, was, was a really positive change for me. Um, you know, and then, you know, school-wise, because I was going from, doing undergrad to a graduate degree, you know, grad school while, while running is, is kind of nice because it requires fewer credits and, <laughs> you know, fewer classes. So it's definitely a little bit, it was just more laid back just due to the nature of, um, being in an, 
you know, an undergraduate versus graduate situation. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of nice. <laughs> yeah. So you graduated in 2016, 2017? Yeah, I finished my eligibility. I finished my eligibility in 2016. Okay. So. so then right after that, you ended up making the Olympic team. Were you shocked? Were you, did you know it was coming? What were your thoughts right after like, you crossed the line, you got second at the trials and you're like, I'm going to Rio. <laughs> um, it was definitely just uh, overwhelming and just like absolute dream come true. Cause it was one of those things, like I knew I had a chance, but I like, it wasn't, I knew a lot of things had to go right. Cause you know, there were five or six of us like truthfully contending for those two spots and you know we were all like right around the same and so um and I'd had a small injury at NCAAs that kept me from like running for nearly a week leading into that and so I think I was you know not over as confident as I would have hoped I was going to be going into that race and um it was yeah it was a surprise but also just an absolute dream come true when I came across the finish line. And um, yeah, I just, sometimes I still like, you know, you don't feel like it's real. You actually went to the Olympic games sometimes. Even <laughs> yeah. Though. I mean, I can imagine so especially like, when, when your coach is like, yeah, we're going to get you to the, to the starting line yeah. of the trials. And then you're like, Oh, I what know. about the Olympics? Okay. Yeah. And, and I mean, that just is such a testimony to like what the belief even just of one person can do in just buying into you know, into the plan, you know, I trusted him wholeheartedly all along and I asked questions along the way and he always answered them. And, um, just such a testimony to his belief in me and, and my belief in him as a coach. So it was really honestly the perfect way to kind of like end our like time as coach athlete, you know, yeah. I mean, so. it can't get much better than that. <laughs> yeah. Going from not even like really being a sole runner to making it to the Olympics like what in a matter of a five year span that's wild that's like a dream come true as a coach like you I, I don't even he probably goes to bed at night like just knowing that he's accomplished all that he needs to as a coach because that's all you can really ask for so today's episode is brought to you by none other than whoop Whoop is a fitness wearable that provides 24-7 personalized insights around your sleep, recovery, and daily activity. So whether you're running your first 5K or your 10th marathon, Whoop can help you train smarter and recover faster so you get to the starting line healthy. Whoop is completely different from a standard GPS watch. It's focused on your body's recovery, and I think we all know that runners aren't always the best at taking days off or listening to their bodies, but every day it gives you a personalized recovery score based on things like your resting heart rate, heart rate variability, sleep, and respiratory rate so you can monitor the changes in your fitness. And it helps you make adjustments into your training. So like me this past week, I had one day where my strain score was so high and I just knew the next day I was gonna have to take it easy. And what do you know, the next day I felt really tired and my body knew. And according to Whoop, I definitely needed to keep my strain score lower because that was the way that my body was gonna be able to bounce back and recover faster. So for me, the strain coach is a key part of my training and being able to bounce back quickly for my next workout. You also know I love the sleep coach that gives you personalized sleep recommendations based on previous night's sleep and how active you were over the course of the day. Highly recommend Whoop and they are offering 15% off with the code coldbrew at checkout. So go to Whoop, that's W-H-O-O-P.com and enter code coldbrew at checkout to save 15% sleep better, recover faster and run faster, get to the start line healthy with whoop. Yeah. I just, like I said, I mean, I, I got really, I just am really grateful for the people I had around me. Like it, it honestly made such a difference. And, you know, yeah. that even goes back to, you know, like Griffin, my husband now, like he was really instrumental in that, like, you know, freshman year, I was kind of all over the place. I didn't really know what I was doing and like trying to figure things out. You're transitioning to college. Like you make stupid mistakes. Like and it was, it was, you know, him and, and one of my other roommates are like, you know, Coach Beller really believes in you. Like, you could be really good. You, you have to give this a real chance. And I was like, you know what? Like, you're right. And so. You know what? Maybe um, I will. <laughs> Maybe I will. And look at you now. How was that uh, first Olympic experience? It was, it was amazing. You know, I think it was, 
I went in with zero expectations, had one goal of trying to make the final and I accomplished that. And, you know, I just really tried to go in open-minded to just soak everything up with the goal of, you know, these next games, hopefully being back and, and being my real shot. Um, but it also left me so hungry for more, you know, I, I didn't realize how difficult it was going to be to transition onto the international scene and just, you know, you're standing on the line against women you've idolized for a long time. And so, um, I had to, as much as that was such a dream come true and I soaked it all in, I left just so ready to get after it. Like, I didn't even want to take my breaks. I was like, no, no, no. I have so much I need to work on. And, you know, like here I was, you know, I had just signed a professional contract. Like I was just so ready to tackle it. And um, so I think, you know, walking away feeling like I wanted more was really how I was able to, you know, set some really good goals for things I needed to work on, not just like performance wise going into, you know, my start as a professional. Yeah, well, you could tell that you were very, very hungry because then the, ne- the next year at Worlds, you got second behind Emma Coburn, right? And that yeah. was that was such a cool race to watch. I still think to this day, like, Aww. that's one of my favorite races to watch. Just yours' reaction, honestly. Aww. Like, it was so, if you haven't seen it, um, I'm sure you could watch on YouTube or something, but it was so cool to see. Like, how was that experience for you? That honest, I mean, that's still the highlight of my career thus far. I mean, um, not even the American so, record. <laughs> I mean, the American records up there, but like, you know, records are, are made to be broken and you can't, you know, you'll never forget those metal moments, you know, and, and just share it alongside Emma, who honestly, like when she started running 907 and things like that, that really changed my scope of what I thought was possible. Um, and so you know, I came into the professional scene thinking an American woman's going to break nine. And I don't, I, I don't know if people prior to that really thought that that was a possibility. And so, um, and she's just always been so welcoming and, and just excited about, you know, all the American performances. And so I, to share that with her was really, really special. And, and, you know, result aside, the thing I take away from that race was I really finally took a chance, you know, so much of my career up to that point had been racing safe. And, you know, I nearly didn't make the Olympic team because I raced safe. You know, I was afraid to make the hard move and I did something that I'd never done before. And I took a risk that day. And, you know, even with 300 to go, I I made a massive move that I when I did it, I was like, what are you doing? Why are you trying to take the lead of it? Why are you trying to take the lead of the, of the world championships? And it was like, you know, because I belong here and I like fully believed that that day. And so I think that that was, you know, the biggest takeaway and something that, you know, I, I can't say like, I'm amazing at still doing every day, but when I, I, I always revert back to that, be like, no, you do belong here. You do belong here. Remember that, you know? And, um, yeah, that's, that's what I remember from that day. <laughs> How do you get to that point where you're confident enough to take the risk? Because I feel like even for me in my <laughs> a lot lower key um, running career, no world championship stage, but like my best races also came from like taking a risk. But mm-hmm. what on that day, I, you could, I'm not saying you came out of the blue or whatever, but I know you shocked a lot of people by your performance what got you to that point where you were confident enough to take the risk by like taking the lead of the world championships? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think it was, you know, a, like reminding myself of all the work I'd put into this. Like when you get to the starting line, you have to remember you have a shot just as much as anybody else. Like, and so that reminder, um, you know, I'd worked really hard on just like finding the mindset I wanted to have during those races, during practices. And, and for me, a lot of times that comes from like key words or things like that. And, and for me that year, it was fearless. You know, I still wear a fearless bracelet to this day. I had a temporary tattoo on my wrist. that said fearless that day to remind myself, like, this is what I need to be. And then it was just also remembering what it felt like walking away from Rio, feeling like I hadn't really taken a chance, like given myself a chance that day. And that feeling is far worse than blowing up, knowing that 
knowing that there might have been more. You know, in Doha, like I was, I was very disappointed with six, but I put it out there that day. You know, I, I went out hard and I went with it and I, I went with the race plan and, and it didn't pay off that day, but I held my head up high because I knew I'd put it out there. Um, the feeling of, of feeling like, uh, that you could have done more is far worse than, than the, the previous. So. Wow. Well, I mean, this year we've got a big summer coming in hot. What yes. is your mindset? <laughs> Do you have a phrase for this year's trials Olympics? You guys, I'm, I'm assuming that you're competing beyond that. Maybe I like pre I'm guessing. Yeah. Prefontaine's going to have a women's people. So I'm super excited about that, but yeah. obviously, you know, a few other races to kind of focus on in the meantime. I mean, one of the big ones I've been trying to focus on right now is, especially in the trials, is just composure, you know, um, you know, you belong here, you know, execute, like, you know, how to, um, it's been, you know, as, as much as, you know, I said, 2019, I was really proud of myself for sticking with the race plan and putting myself in it. I, I really got down on my confidence that whole year. There were a lot of factors. I think I allowed some of the media to get to me in terms of the discussion around some of my flat times and things like that. And I just started to question more than I ever had in my career. Um, which was something that I'd never had done previously. I kind of followed a bit blindly, which was beneficial. And so um, I've been working really hard on on that confidence piece. And I think the, the word composure really like captures that really well. Um, and so that's been my focus in practice. And, and so I think that's going to be one of my big focuses during the trials is, is maintaining that composure and, and, you know, reminding, you know, in 2018, you know, my mindset was to not overthink it, let yourself run. And I think that's going to be another really important part, you know, in the trials and the Olympics is, you know. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Finding that trust in yourself that your body knows how to do this. What's the goal for the year? Oh man. Um, I mean, obviously to get back on the team is the, is the first and foremost primary goal is to, to make the Olympic team. I don't think, you know, it doesn't matter who you are. No one has it secured. There's a reason that race is, is run and um, it's going to be a tough team to make. So I'm, that's my, you know, number one goal right now. Um, obviously if I were to make the team, you know, I want to contend for a medal. I've been on the podium before and, um, you know, I've run it one of the fastest times in the world of amongst the women that will potentially be in Tokyo. And so, um, I feel confident that, that that's a possibility. And so I want to leave it all out there. And then, you know, obviously, you know, beyond the trials and hopefully games, you know, I love to try and contend, you know, to, to break the nine minute barrier. I think it's been a long time coming and, you know, I ran some really fast times those early years, of my professional career. Um, didn't quite put together in 2019, haven't really raced a, you know, a fast steeple in two years now. And so I, I really feel confident that I'm, I'm still have not yet reached my potential in the event. And so that's exciting. Um, yeah, I think we could have some, 
some new women running in the 850s this year. And so I'm hopeful for that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's exciting for you and it's, it's exciting for everyone watching and rooting for you. So oh, thank you. I mean, you already know that I'll be <laughs> rooting for you. Um, I'm <laughs> sure you. everyone listening is too. Uh, so th- we got a couple of listener questions and I want to go through them really quick. Okay. Um, Sounds good. Um, what motivates you the most? Honestly, I think just the desire to, to see how good I can be. Um, I feel like I love setting goals and going after them and, um, yeah. And then, you know, honest, honestly too, like, um, my husband is still an avid runner, like because of the pure joy for it. And and he honestly really motivates me. He puts in hundred mile weeks just for the joy of running. And so that honestly really, like if I'm ever having a hard time getting out the door, I'm like, Griffin is getting like, is you know getting after it because That's he just so loves impressive. the sport yeah so and, and you know he's he's run a lot he's run a few marathons now and and um it's been really fun to be able to see him you know work toward those goals so that's definitely a big motivation for me as well is is to see his love for it too so yeah um what is it like running in an event where the last five years like the top three has been pretty solidified Um, I mean, it's been really fun. I mean, I think it has also been like, we've been pushing the, the, the barrier, you know, in terms of the, the, the top three, like, I think that even five years ago, like running in the nine twenties, that was, you know, oh yeah, you're, you're going to be on the team. You're fine. And now it's like, oh, like, you know, maybe you have to be a nine O's to get on the team, stuff like that. And I think that is really exciting. It's been really fun to be a part of, of that group of women pushing it, um, to the next level. But I, I don't think that it stops with, you know, the top three anymore. Like I, I see the event just growing and getting better. And, you know, we have a lot of women running really, really well behind us. And I think they're all on the verge of some major breakthroughs and, um, it's exciting. It has me like, aspiring to even be better and, and to keep pushing the event along because the event is so young and it's um it's been just kind of an honor to be a part of seeing it grow and you know I was really fortunate to have you know Emma and, and Evan to you know really push the event along and so I'm I'm yeah it's been really fun to be a part of this next generation that's set you know hopefully setting the bar higher yeah you can even see in like the college racing everyone yeah is so I mean, fast yeah, this year was super exciting. Like it was, it was super fun to watch and be like, oh my gosh, so many girls running in the nine thirties. Like, you know, my fourth year, my, um, 2015, you had Leah Colleen and myself all run like nine thirty one or faster during the season. And to have that many, like the three of us running that fast was unheard of at the time. And, and I can't tell you, like, that was so much fun because you knew every time you stepped on the line, like you're going to have to bring the very best version of yourself. You want a chance. And so to see that, um, happening again and in like an even bigger pack, you can't ask for more for this people. Yeah. Are you worried about your record getting broken? The collegiate American, one? The American, the American record. Yeah. The American. I mean, I hope that like it gets broken because that means they're running in the eight fifties. You know, I think that we're so capable of that, you know, obviously selfishly, like I want myself to be the, one of the ones doing that. <laughs> you want to be like, leading the charge. Yeah, exactly. Don't we all, but, um, you know, I, I want to see, I want to see us running in the eight fifties because I fully believe we're capable of it. Um, we've been knocking on that door for a while. And I mean, I know for myself, I don't think I've seen the best version of myself and I'm going to guess, I believe Emma's in that same boat. And, you know, I think Colleen is capable of something really fast and all the women behind us, Leah, Marissa, um, and the collegiate ranks. So, um, you know, that's what it's going to take for us to continue to, to contend for the podium. And I want that for the U S yeah. What do you think about during steeple when your legs hurt so bad? (laughs) Um, I really focused on execution of form. Um, you know, you got to take it one barrier at a time and the less, the, you know, less energy you can waste on a barrier, you know, the more efficient you're going to be. And, um, so yeah, it becomes about, you know, good execution at that point. 
<laughs> okay. Last question I have for you. Do you have any advice to your younger self? Yes. <laughs> of course. Um, <laughs> um, I would say just to like, you know, to own your journey. I mean, that's something for me, it was really important, especially when I started running to really embrace like my unique path to getting where I had gotten and to not feel like it had to look like anyone else's just because I didn't have, you know, a state championship or I wasn't running at X school didn't mean I have a chance, didn't mean I had a chance. And so, um, you know, be proud of the path you're taking and, um, you know, yeah, own that path because there's so many ways to success and it doesn't have to look like anybody else's. Yeah. I love that. I really, I really enjoyed this episode. Honestly, like, oh, I will, I feel like I know you, but I didn't even know you to this extent. So I learned a lot about you. Um, and I know a lot of other people did, and we're all going to be rooting for you at the trials. I mean, whatever listening to this is already, uh, you've already raced one time, but I'm rooting for you on, when is it? Tuesday, Sunday, Sunday and Thursday, Sunday. And then when this episode <laughs> comes out, we're all rooting for you on oh, Thursday. Thank today. you. Um, <laughs> Where can people follow you at to see like, I don't know, updates? Like a person, oh, I guess personally. Yeah. Just like personal oh, Instagram. Yeah. And like, I Instagram. mean, probably the Bowerman one too. Yeah. Yeah. Bowerman page, Bowerman TC. Um, my personal Instagram is just Courtney Frericks and then Court Frericks 8 on Twitter. And then I do have a website that um, I have a bit of an outdated blog that hopefully I'll be catching up um, soon. So. Okay. Exciting <laughs> stuff. Well, thank you so much for coming on to close out. Yeah, the thank you. Can we get a good old peace out, fellas? All right. Peace out, fellas. Thank you all so much for listening to today's episode of Comms Over Cold Brew. I hope you enjoyed it. Courtney's been someone I've wanted to talk to for a while, so I'm glad I finally got her on. And I learned more about her. Honestly, like I was friends with her before, but I didn't even know that she got her start in gymnastics and how much that played a role in her as a steeplechaser and now one of the best in the world all time. So really good episode. I hope you guys learned something. Maybe you're even a little bit more inclined to try out the steeplechase. Don't forget to rate and review on Apple Podcast and follow us on Instagram at commas over cold brew pod if you want to submit listener questions or just be up to date on the latest episodes. Thank you guys so much again for listening and I will hear from you guys in the next one. Peace out fellas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.